It's the SeaWorld Splash Podcast, bringing you the latest news, rumors, and history from the SeaWorld Parks in Orlando, San Antonio, and San Diego. And now, here are your hosts, Joseph and Sheldon. Hello, and welcome to the SeaWorld Splash Podcast, episode 19. I'm your host, Joseph, along with Sheldon. What's going on, everyone? And today, we will be talking about the last one ocean, uh, the last one ocean, Pelican Passing, Electric Eel, the new ride coming to SeaWorld San Diego, Azul leaving SeaWorld San Antonio, Dolphin Days going to Orlando, and a special species highlight to go along with the ride, Electric Eel, and an interview from Kyle Kittleson. So let's put on those ponchos and get ready to be drenched. was two Sundays ago, and we and myself and Josh were at The Last One Ocean. My opinion on The Last One Ocean, it was awesome. I like how they went all out and just did everything that us fans were expecting. Like, they almost had 11 whales, but Ulysses decided he was gonna stay the underwater viewing area, which is okay, because we know we can't force the animals to do anything, but it was awesome. So, Sheldon, what was your thoughts on The Last One Ocean? Well, it's, um, overall pretty well impressed. I like the group behavior. Um, I love seeing the trainers coming back in the blue what pretty awesome. It was really great to see everybody. It looks like everyone was having a really good time, and the fans and the crowd really seemed to enjoy it. I'm very sad it's leaving, unfortunately. Especially, you know, after coming how far it's come, you know, it's like so easy behavior to it now. I love that group exercise they did. Um, I hopefully that, you know, from experience this won't be, you know, the end of great performances like one ocean. Hopefully, you know, more to come in these future events that'll be occurring. So overall overall thinking very good last one ocean night. So I hope, you know, the other parks, you know, kinda of learn and, you know, make sure we go off with the bang the last one ocean that, you know, San Antonio and in Orlando parts too. That'll be pretty important. But yeah, overall, pretty cool. Yeah, I know. It was really awesome to be there and just seeing the size of that crowd and seeing how everyone wanted to be there for the last show, it just showed, it just meant a lot. Now, on to Orlando, where we had a member of the SeaWorld family pass away. Tilikum, as we all know, uh, from the really horrible, I don't know what to call it, film, yeah, there you go, that's what I'll just call it, film, Blackfish. Uh, yeah, Tilikum passed away, and I never got to see Tilikum, but it was on my to-do list to see Tilikum, but I hear he was an amazing whale. What are your thoughts? Well, my thoughts was, well, and some, for those of you who don't know, Tilikum was one of my more personal favorite whales. Um, coming especially from Orlando, he was one of the first whales I actually got to know and you understand what Killer was all about. Um, I remember my first memory of him was during the Shame Adventure way back in about 2000, 2005, 
they were doing this long speech of this is the world's largest killer coming out, you know, 12,000 pounds, places people on it. In my back line, I'm like, what is going on? And then, I don't know, you see the gate open, you see this huge wave coming in, it's just, you're just blown away by him. I don't know if any of you guys have ever been the pleasure to meet him, but when you see him, it's definitely something you'll never forget. And I personally want to say, he's definitely influenced my life, so everyone's lives, people, trainers' lives, and but all that happened, everyone still loves him, you know? He's a really, he's a really amazing animal. He's one that, he's actually able to got me into, you know, wanting to take care of wildlife and, you know, learn more about orcas and conservation, you know. Actually, my career working with animals, he was, you know, he was just something else, he was amazing. I'm very sad he passed, but I know he was in the best care possible, you know. And I'm sure, you know, that, like the trainer for the trainer knew that, you know, he wasn't doing well, but they gave him the best grade possible, and, you know, which is a very simple, but at the same time, you know, we need to look forward, you know, he left us a really great legacy, and he got a lot of children, and grandchildren, and he definitely, you know, want to continue that legacy, because, you know, still coming and gone, but, you know, his spirit still lives on, and, you know, our entire Shannon family is not the part, you know, he's really, you know, he's been a great inspiration to me, and, you know, I'm always, I'm going to miss him, obviously, I'm going to miss him, I so close. It's not going to be the same, but, you know, things happen, you know, typical life, you know, it's not that it's okay to be sad, but, you know, it's not the end, because, you know, he had a great life, and, you know, I hope, you know, one day, you know, we'll see his children, you know, grow up and become these giants like him, and, you know, you know, Kayu could work the 9,000 pound mark, so... We might see Trua and Akai get up there, you know. Come maybe the new, the new giant of the old family, but he will always have a special place in that part. Uh, Joseph, what are your thoughts on it? I was really shocked to find out about this, and I know you wanted me to experience seeing Tilikum the same way that you did. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a matter of keeping his spirit alive, and I know I'm definitely going to be watching out for his boy, Nikai. So, I guess having Nikai out here is going to be like having a piece of silicon. And don't forget Ike as well. Oh, yeah. I always forget Ike. I don't know why. Sorry, Ike. I love you. <laughs> So, anyways, uh, we're gonna have an interview with Kyle Kittleson on Tilly and his experience with Telecom. So, Kyle, take it away. Good evening, Kyle. Welcome on the Seal Splash podcast. How's everything Hi. going? Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Not a problem. I hear that you were a former Telecom trainer. Yeah, I was a senior animal trainer at SeaWorld Orlando, and I worked at Shamu Stadium, so I did have the pleasure of taking care of Tilikum. Yes, uh, what can you tell us about that, since everything happened with Tilly recently? <clears throat> yeah, um, for your listeners who may not be aware, Tilikum uh, pat out uh, the life of Tilikum, and no one is more passionate than me when it comes, when it came to the life of, of Tilikum, 
but we must use logic when it comes to animal welfare, not emotion. We must do what's best with, for the animals, not what makes us feel good. Exactly, and I watched your video of, and I'm sure we've all watched your video of your theory on blackfish and how 80% of it, am I correct, 80% of it was false. Yeah, about about 85% of it. Um, you know, Blackfish is a, a movie that got a lot of popularity, and it unfortunately got all the all this popularity for all the wrong reasons. Um, you know, Blackfish is a movie that is designed to make you feel. It's not a movie designed to make you think. It paints a negative and incorrect picture of animal welfare facilities like SeaWorld, and it targets facilities like SeaWorld who care for their animals properly and therefore the public starts to ignore facilities who aren't caring for their animals properly. There are plenty of facilities right here in America that do not give their animals the best care possible and nobody's talking about them because we're all too busy worrying about 23 killer whales who have a great life. Um, and so I, I appreciate the passion that comes with people who are Blackfish fans, but that passion is unfortunately misdirected. And for the people, and I get still, that video was released years ago, and I still get messages every week from people who were inspired to do research after watching Blackfish and after watching my YouTube video. Uh, and after they did the research, they say, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe I was fooled. Once I did the research, I could see that killer whales at SeaWorld is, is not an issue at all. And it definitely should not be a primary animal welfare issue that money and time and politics are invested in. There are way bigger things to worry about. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. And I know that we all miss Tilikum dearly. And I know that... SeaWorld is still going to be strong and they're still going to keep doing their best job that they do with taking care of the whales that they have in their pocket. Well, no, no question that the remaining whales will be uh, well taken care of, but I, I don't know if SeaWorld will continue to go strong. SeaWorld has handled this uh, false and negative publicity, I think, very poorly. They have not been transparent with the public on what they truly provide and do. Um, nobody knows, everybody knows about Tilikum, but nobody knows about the, you know, almost 30,000 animals that they've rescued, rehabbed, and released. Nobody knows about all of the research that they do to help these uh, wild counterparts. You know, this week, there was a stranding off the coast of Florida of uh, false, it was either false killer whales or pilot whales. <coughs> false killer whales. And I didn't see PETA there uh, assisting with any of the strandings. I didn't see the Humane Society of the United States there assisting with any of the strandings. And if any of those uh, uh, false killer whales survive, they will not go to a PETA facility to be rehabbed and released, and they won't go to an HSUS facility to be rehabbed and released. They will go to SeaWorld, and SeaWorld will spend its own money taking care and paying trainers to rehab and release those animals back into the ocean. So when you are fighting uh, SeaWorld, you're fighting against animal rescue and animal care. And SeaWorld does a terrible job at showing that to the world. They're awful at it. Because if anybody had all of the information, 
they would come to the same conclusion I came to. But when you don't have that information, how would you come to a different conclusion? So I don't know if SeaWorld will change the way they're marketing. I've, I've been fooled many times with staff changes and different marketing campaigns that have come out to believe that they will change. But I, I think that uh, SeaWorld will continue on the same path as they have been, and that path is not going to be beneficial for SeaWorld. Yeah, you can help. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's it's great to have a great attitude. But for your listeners who are listening, um, you know, there are actionable things you can do. And I suggest before you take part in a social media conversation that you really ensure you have all your facts um, and you don't come from a place of attacking others because we're all animals, every single person. We just have a difference in opinion on how to go about conserving our natural world. And, um, you know, do as much conversation as you like, but stay away from attacking and bullying people because that does nobody any good. Exactly. And thank you, Kyle, for being on the podcast again. And yeah, awesome. We also hear that you have a book called Marine Mammal Trainer. Am I correct? Yeah, the, bu- the book is called Wear a Wetsuit at Work, How You Can Become a Marine Mammal Trainer. So if you're interested in working in the field of animal care, especially with marine animals, um, I, it is a must read. It's like nine or 10 bucks on Amazon. You can just Google wear a wetsuit at work, W-E-A-R. And you can also go to marinemammaltrainer.com and get a lot of free resources and for information on how to uh, prepare for the field of animal care and also uh, make a difference in the lives of your community. And if anyone ever has any questions, feel free to go to kylekittleson.com and uh, contact me through my website or all my social media is at Kyle Kittleson. Thank you, Kyle. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Thank you, Kyle, for that amazing interview. And now we are jumping to San Diego for some attraction news we have a new attraction coming to san diego a new ride actually called electric eel yes there was a promo video of it during the last one ocean and i'm not gonna i mean i'll check it out see what's happening with that but personally i'm gonna check out orca counters see what's happening with that but yeah electric eel is set to make, set to break the waves in 2018. Uh, what are your thoughts from seeing the promo video? I mean, personally, I mean, I'm not a huge Orkosa fan, but it looks interesting and exciting. Um, not sure where they're actually going to put it in the park, but, um, probably going to be pretty entertaining and probably real thrill-seeking if you like that kind of stuff. I mean, so first I would have saved my money. Oh, I don't know. Maybe like, oh, I don't know. Blue World project like that. Just personal land. You know, like Blue World or, you know, expansion. better. But that's a choice. You have to respect that, unfortunately. But, I mean... Like I said, all things are, all things deserve a chance. So we'll give it a chance to see what happens. You know, might be a whole new experience. See, uh, Joseph, what do you think? My thoughts. Sorry, Joe Andy. Sorry, roller coaster fans. But don't make SeaWorld a 
ocean-themed Six Flags. If you're gonna make an ocean-themed Six Flags, why don't you go touch Six Flags and make that ocean-themed? Okay, leave Six Flags to being the roller coaster park. So yeah, that's my take on this. <laughs> and then of course, on to San Antonio. Pew 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 pew. We have a show that just left in San Antonio, Azul, as you all know. The show with Pacific Whiteside Dolphins and Belugas. I have no idea what they're gonna be putting in place of that show, but we will keep our eyes and ears open, and if you guys have any, uh, anything on that, please let us know, and email us, that information for email and contacting us will be at the end, and then we also have Dolphin Days going to Orlando. My thoughts on this, I'm excited to see what Orlando's gonna do with the twist for Dolphin Days. Uh, Sheldon, what's your take on Dolphin Days going to Orlando? Well, I will admit, I'm a little bit excited, a little bit nervous about what's going to happen. Um, I've seen Dolphin Days on YouTube at San Diego, and it seems like a really big hit. Um, I think it'll be pretty good in Orlando. I'm a little worried because I, I do like, kind of like the dive scene during Blue Rising, but kind of kind of said that they'll probably be going, but at the same time I know the Dolphins and the Fibles will get plenty of show time and I don't think it's all going to be a disaster, disaster, but a lot of fans are going to be sad because, you know, Blue Rising is a very popular show over in Orlando, or Orlando fans out there, and probably San Diego fans out there, you guys probably have see Blue Rising, and we've always wanted to see it. It's a very good show, and, you know, I've seen how San Diego does often days, and I'm sure Orlando will gonna probably make something happen. I mean, the San Diego Dolphin Boys, they're very, they're very good at putting stuff together, and the Potwells, I know they're young and still learning, and I'm sure they'll probably do pretty well, you know, once they get further in their training, they'll probably be like, bam, they'll be able to hit it really quick, but, um, overall, I mean, like, I'm kind of sad Blue Rising is, but at the same time, I'm interested to give Dolphin Days a chance in Orlando. And who knows? We'll see what happens. Who knows? Mm -hmm. You guys might get uh, Dolphin Island Christmas. Now that's something I would want. Dolphin Island Christmas, because that does look really cool. We can get the dive team in. Yes. This thing, and I actually like to see the hula dances, because that was pretty interesting. I mean, of course, but, you know, traditional Hawaiian dancing into a show. That's the first time I've ever seen Like, all it looks pretty cool. <laughs> Though in San Diego, they don't have the hula dancers, which I'm upset about. I like that. Yeah, that was... They, we would have to probably put our dive team in. Like, I don't know how they're going to do it. Like I said, we gotta wait and see, guys. Uh, we're all in the same boat. We're all waiting to see what's gonna happen. Nothing's happened yet, but this is the future we are going into. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, but also, we'll see. Also, what was your take on this old evening since we're on um, dolphin subjects? Personally, I mean, I never, eh, I never really liked this all. I mean, I mean, the parts really cool, but it wasn't my favorite show. I mean, if I'll be honest, I don't know if they could do a Dolphin Day, but maybe they could do something like, like the Vancouver Choir. They have a Dolphin, this is like the Dolphin Blue Whale show they do. The Vancouver Aquarium, I don't know if they, I mean, not the Vancouver, I'm sorry, the Shedd Aquarium, excuse me, guys. The Shedd Aquarium does an uh, interesting um, Blue Whale and Food Wife at Dolphin presentation. I mean, perhaps they could do something like that with a screen, maybe? Who knows? I don't know what they're going to do. Um, you know, 
Blue Whale is a pretty good performance, like, you know, not as aerial, aerial as, um, you know, say, the Sun Spawn or something, but, I mean, we'll see. Nezu wasn't my favorite show, and no offense, I couldn't quite understand the storyline, I mean, I felt like it was kind of like, trying to be like, Blue Horizon, but not quite, you know, I mean, I have to see what they're going to end up doing next for it. I, I don't know. But man, it wasn't my favorite show, so I'm not too, too sad. I'm sorry, guys. Not too sad it's going. <laughs> what do you think, Joseph? I mean, eh, my opinion's not always correct. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Since I'm not a big fan on San Antonio, <laughs> I'm just going to leave my comments out. <laughs> but I'll see what they put in. <laughs> Alright, and on to Species Highlights with the Electric Eel. Sheldon, take it away. <clears throat> and now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Species Highlights. The part of the show where one person explains the other about certain species, their habitats they come from, and their relatives, of course. Today's highlight is to highlight a very special creature depicted in our episode. The electric eel. Oh, folks, let's start this off quickly. What is an electric eel? Well, first of all, it's not an eel. <laughs> it's actually part of the night fish family. What's a night fish? It's a group of species of fish that live in South America and Africa. They have very long, elongated bodies, a long anal fan, or the bottle, the bottom fin that runs along the bottom of their body. They're usually toothless and can range in length from about a couple inches to about four feet long. Um, for an electric eel, these guys get about 8 feet long, weigh about 50 pounds. They have no teeth, but they have two very large electric organs in their body. These organs, when um, contracted, produce almost 800 volts electricity. And that's how they obviously stun their prey. And once the prey stun, they can go and vacuum it up and eat it. Because, well, electric eels don't have any teeth and it's not really powerful and, you know, they don't want to injure themselves. They don't use electricity for defense and attack. They use it as a navigation. You see, the electric eels come from in South America. The waters are usually murky and can't see very well. The electric eels send out small, very minute pulse of electricity, like an echolocation. It creates an image of what's ahead of them. They can navigate in the murkiest waters and won't get lost. And another added feature, these guys can breathe air. So during droughts or times where water is scarce, they can stay in small, stagnant, Fragnated pool and breathe air and can survive the droughts. Sometimes in these little pits, you have over a hundred electric eels all piled up on each other. Of course, it's very dangerous because you would fall in. Well, electric eels can electrocute you and it's on your heart. And yes, they can electrocute you on land or in water. So it would be the best idea to go picking one up. I don't care how cool it looks, don't do it. <laughs> Another interesting thing about electric eels is that they have been kept as pets. Um, uh, illegally and legally. Some aquariums keep them, and interesting thing about them is they can be used to power um, Christmas trees. Um, I've seen some aquariums, I don't know if you guys have seen this on YouTube, but electric eels have been used to power small, small trees during the holidays because of their little small pulse they give out. Actually, people light up trees, and if you put a little speakerphone in there that picks electricity, it sounds like a steady drum. It's really a constant. When, they, when they're swimming to the water. I think you know they're trying to find their way around. Uh, I would recommend keeping these pets because it's not an eight foot long meal. 
50 pounds, you can hit live goldfish, you know, and you have to clean it every day and every day. Cleaning the tank is a dangerous hazard and would not be the best idea. But, yes. Now you know a little bit more about electric eels and where they really come from and what they really are. Hope you enjoyed today's species highlight. Let us know next time what animals or creatures you would like to have another species highlight on. If you take suggestions or anything you want, just let us know in the comments or any suggestions, email, text. And we'll see you next time, guys. Thank you. Thank you for that species highlight. And as always, we thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions for topics, or want to share your SeaWorld stories, you can call or text our number 407-900-5309. Once again, that number is 407-900-5309. We would also love to have you share any updates or info, or even drop by and say hello. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SeaWorld Splash Podcast. And follow us on Twitter at SeaWorld Splash. You can also follow us on Instagram at SeaWorld Splash. Don't forget to check out our website, www.seaworldsplash.com. You can also check us out on iTunes at SeaWorld Splash Podcast. And from all of us here on the SeaWorld Splash team, we thank you for joining us and hope you join us for the next amazing podcast to come. Splash you later. And if you want any more species highlight or have any suggestions for species highlight, please don't hesitate to email us. Serial Splash Team at gmail.com or call or text our number 407 900 5309. And once again, splash you later. Take care, guys. Remember, if you want to share any of your favorite SeaWorld stories or memories, please call or text the SeaWorld Splash Team, 407-900-5309. Once again, that number is 407-900-5309. Or email us at SeaWorldSplashTeam at gmail.com. Thank you, and we'll splash you later.